May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The book of Acts is filled with miracles, visions, and dreams. And in it, the author, Luke, helps us establish the identity of God and shows how the gospel of Jesus Christ was spread to every corner of the world. In addition to teaching about the identity of God, Luke has much to say in about the power of the grace of God and the initiatives God takes in forming witnesses for that mission. Luke composed for us the roadmap, if you will, for being a witness for the God we know. The second part of the book of Acts focuses on the story of Paul, and that's where we find ourselves today, on this sixth Sunday in Easter. We're all familiar with Paul. He's known for his eloquent speeches and great witness to Christ, and there is much that we can learn from him. Following his own conversion experience, he becomes one of the greatest teachers ever and one of the greatest evangelists ever. Paul knew God. Paul was in right relationship with God. And when you're in a right relationship with someone, you defend them at all costs. And that's what Paul is doing in Athens in our reading this morning. He realizes that the Athenians don't know much about anything because they do not know the first thing about the God that he serves. And he goes on to do something very important that we in the modern church should recognize, understand, and appreciate. You see, even though he was deeply distressed by all the idols he saw in the city, Paul did not get up on some big Greek soapbox and point his finger at the people of Athens, telling them that they would go straight to hell because of their idol worship and their non-Christian ways of living. Instead, he spoke to their culture, through their culture, in a way that acknowledged their worthiness as children of God. This was Paul being a true witness of the God he served. Paul begins to tell them about this unknown God that they already are trying to worship. And he doesn't condemn the Athenians for who they are. Nor does he begin with what separates them, but focuses rather on what they have in common. That can be a good lesson for a number of Christians these days. Paul knew God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He knew God as the one who keeps promises. He knew God as a God of second chances and a God that saves. He knew God as a God of love. Paul told one group that God was a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea. And he told the people of Athens that God was the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Who do you know God as? Who do we know God as? We cannot tell others of something or someone that we do not know. 
As Christians, we know the God we know is fair and just, generous and good. Our God is a loving, healing God. The God we know is a forgiving, gracious God because heaven knows we sure know how to mess things up, don't we? We know God as Redeemer, Reconciler, Restorer, and Resurrector, just to name a few. This is who we know God as, and the God we serve proves this over and over and over again. The God we serve places the right people in the right place to make things happen at the right time. And the God we serve provides a way when there seems to be no way. Sadly, there are people who do not know this God. The knowledge of the God we know is not everywhere you turn because people do not really know who God is and what God has done and what God can do. For some, God is only a God to question, or to blame, or accuse, or even curse when things go wrong. Many people believe that God is some sort of vengeful deity that must be appeased by our good behavior, just in case. But that is not the God that Paul proclaimed, and that is not the God we worship this morning. As Paul tells us, there really is a God who loves everyone. And yes, that includes our enemies as well. God's love, care, and identity were made abundantly clear in the person and ministry of Jesus Christ. Shouldn't that God be known by everyone, everywhere? That's where we come in. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we must bear witness to the God we know. In the life of Jesus, all the doubts and fears and anxieties over this unknown God disappeared completely. God is not a distant, uncaring God, but God is a close, personal God. So I ask again, who do you know God as? Who do we know God as? Do we live and move and have our being in God? What if someone was to come up to you later today and ask you, who is God? It can be hard to give someone directions to a place if you don't know where it is. We are charged with being a witness for the God we know. God is the God who is known by loving kindness to us, shown in the one who lived and died and rose again, so that we too might live with God. When we were together in this building, worshiping God, remember those days? It was easy to feel like we were with God and sharing God's love with others. But as we know all too well right now, 
God's love and our calling as Christians does not and cannot stop at these doors or be constrained within these walls. We are called to be witnesses to the God we know, to everyone, everywhere, in our lives. Our beings, our very essence, should always, always reflect that. After all, as Jesus tells us, we do know God, because God abides with us and will be in us. May all of our lives reflect to others the unwavering and unending love of God.